goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Welcome everyone to today's Data Transformers podcast. I'm so pleased to have Diane Schmidt, the Global Director of Enterprise Data Governance at London Stock Exchange um, with us. And I'm, another reason why I'm happy to have Diane here today is unlike many of the other chief data officers that I've seen in practice, Diane, you really represent a different type of chief data officer in terms of being able to um, walk the walk, talk the talk. You've actually done a lot of the data management and data practitioner role that's really needed to be, I think, a um, really successful and effective uh, chief data officer. Um, Diane, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this podcast and uh, really excited to share just my thoughts and my, certainly my experience and yeah, uh, really just to, to help others and maybe not make the same mistakes or as many mistakes as I've certainly made along the way, but i um, happy to share my journey. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Ramesh. So Diane, let's uh, maybe just start a little bit about um, your your current role at the the London Stock Exchange. Um, talk about uh, what brought you to to London Stock Exchange and what opportunities um, you see in terms of the data space working for a stock exchange company. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I actually started in 2017. Uh, I was part of a, a partner in a, in a boutique consulting firm, uh, data management and data engineering consulting firm. And uh, we were brought in to do really conduct a data assessment and, and help uh, help the London Stock Exchange Group understand current state and really provide uh, direction on um, where to go with, with the data space. They knew you know, they they had they had they knew they needed uh, to to change the way that they were doing things. They knew that, um, and they identified you know many of the issues. You know, we we didn't we didn't certainly come in and and uh, you know see anything that they hadn't seen. I think they just really wanted confirmation. So I, I really was there first as a consultant, um, and then this opportunity uh, came up and. I think for me personally, uh, just I was after five years of of being a partner and doing consulting, and um, it's a it's a great you know certainly I've seen seen some great opportunities, worked with some great partners, but I was ready to settle back into a um, an operational role. Uh, the the role came up, and I asked them if they'd consider me, and they said we would, and they stopped looking, and they um, worked with me to bring me on board. So that what brought me to London Stock Exchange Group. I think, you know, tremendous opportunity there in terms of, I'm not going to, you know, the word transform gets used quite a bit, but, um, and I don't think London Stock Exchange Group needed transformation, but they needed 
um, they needed to change, right? In, in terms of really uh, bring some efficiencies to what they were doing. Um, I think a lot of smart people, you know, had a lot of really good ideas, but it was really just bringing in, I think, the expertise with feet on the ground to, to bring it all together and wrap it up and bring it into, bring it into a program, a cohesive, comprehensive program. So um, that's where the opportunity was um, and still is, and we're still moving forward. Um, I think the London Stock Exchange Group is an incredible brand. Um, and has been for you know several hundred years. Um, that the company certainly progressed through in a, inorganic growth in the last 20 years, um, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to do so. We have um, certainly acquisition of Refinitiv coming up, uh, and we're excited about that. But I think the opportunity is is will be different. Um, I think we've done a lot of work. And, and um, setting up the program from a foundational perspective, 2021 will be all about execution and demonstrating that, uh, you know, we, we can essentially really, I think, improve the, the health of our data ecosystem, mm-hmm. as well as set it up to, to for uh, potential monetization, for poten- potential, more sort of predictive, uh, I think, um, work, you know, in terms of, in terms of analytics. So I'm excited about that. Dan, um, I was looking at your progression. You've been in the data space almost looks like from the beginning, like you are a data manager. Um, so over the period, um, working for Freddie Mac or different companies, what kinds of changes have you seen in the space of data management, data governance, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of talk about governance, privacy, security now because of predictive analytics that you mentioned, but what have you noticed while working for these companies in terms of data management, in terms of data governance? Sure. I started off as a, a data engineer, data modeler, a long time ago, um, I was taking a taking a class in the in the I won't in the 90s. Let's just say, and I walked in and I wasn't I wasn't in you know the data space quite yet. Um, I was I was doing it informally, but I walked into this class and I sat down next to um, a woman and she got up and announced to the class and said, if anybody wants to be a data modeler, we're hiring. And I thought to myself, I'm not quite sure I know what that is, but I want to do that. So that's really what, and I got up enough courage to finally share my, my, my sad little resume at the time. And um, they hired me and uh, I had to actually take a pay cut. Um, But I knew that if I took a step, one step backwards that I would go 10 step forwards and that's exactly Mm. what happened. So um, yes, so I started off as a data modeler, and now I think the world differently. Um, so when I see a receipt um, in my mind, I'm thinking, how would I model that receipt? You know, how would I? You know, we see a product, and we see a store, and I see an ID, and I see a customer, and so all of those things. So that's in my mind. That's how I think. Um, how I've seen the the, the industry change and. Many years ago, uh, when I was data modeling, creating databases, creating uh, models, again, to, well, to support databases, 
Um, and they would have these launch parties when they would, um, like at Freddie Mac, finish. They, they, they would sort of you know, have these big product launches and they would forget to invite us because yeah, we were just, you know, we were back in, we didn't, you know, and it's funny because it's, 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 you know, we sort of get someone say, Oh, I was sorry for, we forgot to invite you down. And they throw me a t-shirt, you know, from the party and say, Oh, sorry. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Different now. Uh, now data is just front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not something that people forget about now. It is something that people think about from the very, very beginning um, you know, thinking about data as, as really the critical, strategic, one of the primary assets for, for companies. And it's, it's um, you know, watching that, you know, watching that progress over the years and being a part of that, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is really, really fun. I just, it's, it's like, finally, okay, I know we have work to do still, um, but at least people really acknowledge how important data is to our to our companies regardless of what industry that you're in so that's that's been been enlightening to to see what a great story about your how you started i think that is phenomenal i know that's that's so interesting and we at this podcast really love to really showcase how how people you know kind of get started so that's a, a really great story um Diane, what I want to pick up on was what you said in terms of, um, you know, be, not being invited to those parties, right? Because data has not really been the forefront of, of the business for, for a long time, but, you know, up till recently. Um, and you and I know that in the past, traditionally, actually the technology groups have sort of taken control or they've seen themselves in control of data management because they... They, they own the systems and things like that. So what are your thoughts um, on, you know, someone in the data role focusing only on the technology or information technology aspect? Um, is that enough to drive and execute on a, on a data strategy? I think a lot of times when CTOs or CIOs move ahead and and really focus on those strategies it's because there's an absence of so so think about you know think think about technology strategies and and uh laying those out and and presenting those really think about it should be driven by the business strategy, the data strategy, and the technology strategy should really be the solutioning or, or how are we going to uh, provide the solutions to solve these problems. And a lot of times, the reason why I've seen is because there's been an absence of that leadership or that the, the, the staff to provide those requirements to the technology uh, you know, to the technologists to, to, so that they can actually play the role. I see, I see them reaching in because there's a gap or there's some sort of, um, you know, an absence of the data strategy or an absence of those, those drivers. So there, a lot of times it's, it's out of good intentions. It's, you know, or you may have leadership who feels like that, 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 that is their space. Um, the, I mean, the data management space 
there's there's a role for everyone there you're right there's the business role there's a data role there's a process role there's a technology role and and i think it's all about making sure folks are clear but what i can say is that um part of i think the cdo function is providing those requirements. So think of CDO also as a CRO, which is Chief Requirements Officer. Mm -hmm. the, the, the role really, really needs to focus on collecting those requirements, synthesizing them, prioritizing them, and then providing that view and that vision uh, to, the, to, the, to the technologist so that, uh, so that there is a handshake because it's, like I said, it all gets, it all really has to do with that absence or misunderstanding. But if there's a handshake and you have a clear data, you know, business and data direction, then the technologists can really just focus on their solutioning and not, you know, not the reach back. So Dan, um, one of the things just to follow up on Peggy's question is, it, it feels to me that we talk about data management, data governance, it's, but it's mostly talking the talk, right? But yeah. in terms of the actual uh, changes or actions, for example, there's a debate about CDO, should they report to who? A CFO, CEO, right? So which part of the organization? Data governance, uh, is it under CIO? Uh, should it be in the business side? There are some best practices we all keep talking about. I mean, from the last five, 10 years, I've seen that. Yeah. But from an implementation perspective, it is still, there's a gap from what I see. Um, are you still seeing those gaps that it gets, uh, you know, uh, doesn't get enough uh, respect, enough governance and, and this right. management aspect? Are the things have changed enough that now we are saying it is critical to the business. So we have to, you know, behave in, in that fashion. Right. I, there's, there has been a lot of, discussion and a lot of debate over where you know a data a data leader should should report into or where the group should sit mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a really good there's a really good um, article or paper written by dr. Rich Wang and Dr. Lee on sort of the, the, the cube and the, and the maturity of a CDO and what's needed when along the way um, that is that is interesting. So I would definitely refer you to that sort of because it because what it tells you is the skills needed at the beginning of the journey, the middle, the 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 different the different levels require different types of people or or, or different types of skills, I should say. Um, the I think reporting line depends. I mean, I hate to say that, but who? So so for example. Um, I've seen it work lots of, I've seen it work well uh, in, in, at different places. Mm -hmm. I think whomever has the wherewithal to make the ask, to make the business case, to get it started, that's the right thing to do, regardless of where it sits. Mm -hmm. Yes, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to see it sit um, not in IT or you know, independently or what have you. But I think in the beginning, it really doesn't matter because it's really all about getting it started and then you can adjust then you can make a play for where you should sit or where you should go whether it be reporting to the risk chief risk officer or the chief financial officer or even the CIO if the CIO um, you know if the CIO 
it is it has a broader has broader management experience and there because a CTO or a CIO is not just about technology it's about the information yeah. so so I've seen it work well in just different places depending upon where the company is in its journey what the matures maturity is the literacy is all of those things so you know the 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 recipe is is different right i would say depending upon you know where you are um for us uh we we sit my, my boss is the group cdo and he sits um under our coo um we 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 were sitting in an independent division our information services division um under our our sort of isd leader and they were very very focused on um indexes right or indices or you know however you want to the debate on how you say to say that but but um so we didn't have a group focus um we wanted to we always knew that probably where we should be to to really uh invoke the the effectiveness and efficiencies that we wanted to so now we're sort of at the group level and we 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 are the horizontal and think of the divisions as the vertical so we're in the right spot um you know and, and it's working certainly working well but I, I think it really just depends on on the company and and um the success can be can be there if you um if you have the right leader great analysis now thank you i mean i think it you uh, yeah so that's it depends on the maturity yeah Dan, I agree with you as well. And I, I think, you know, certainly in your experience, you've worked in different industries. Um, you know, previously, uh, you know, you worked for Department of Treasury and um, at Freddie Mac. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the, um, the differences either in data practices or even in the data itself um, between, you know, more of the government side and now for London Stock Exchange, either differences or, you know, similarities, right, in, in terms yeah. of the data itself? So I think you know, it's all financial services. So Freddie Mac, you know, is a um, uh, government-sponsored enterprise. So essentially in the secondary mortgage market, um, it's, it's mortgage, you know, mortgage data. Um, and and the, the Office of Financial Research is was also you know, was put into place as a result of the Dodd Frank legislation as an output from the you know the credit crisis. So it was sort of the the place uh, where uh, research products were developed to really understand um, financial you know financial risk financial you know, within the data. So um, I mean I think it's <laughs> and the same with with London Stock Exchange Group, you know, it's it's really a financial infrastructure uh, company, and and now that we're sort of you know that 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 mission will probably continue to expand based upon our our acquisition here shortly. Um, I think the similarities are essentially all about what we all you, you know don't that we all lose sleep over, which is redundant data. Um, systems that are created that do the same, you know, that do the same thing, um, really uh, about, you know, operations and, and efficiencies. So, for example, letting the, if you have a tax accountant, the tax accountant spends 80% of his or her time collecting, organizing, curating the data, and then 20% of the time 
doing tax accounting. You want that flipped. You want them to do 80, you know, 80% tax accounting, 20% data prep. So um, it, it's, you know, it, it's really all about um, the, the efficiency and the risk in the, and the, certainly the quality in, in the data ecosystem and, and simplification um, is understanding where your data assets are, um, managing those accountability, making sure you understand you know, your critical data and your critical data, um, in my experience, it's anywhere between you know, five and 10%. I think McKinsey came out with something and said that they thought it was between 10 and 20%. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's the, 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 the more focused and the, the, the better criterion you have is the, the better folk, you know, the, the better decision you can do there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's back to the reporting and analytics as well. Uh, it's, it's getting to that ability to make decisions and report because it comes down to that. Getting things in is a, a lot easier than getting things out, right? It's the, it's the typical problem. So, so the similarities are just the, the same. Just it's it's efficiencies, effectiveness of the data, accountability. Um, you know, I, I would say the differences uh, are are really the the content, whether it be mortgage data, whether it be you know, there's a at, at London Stock Exchange Group we buy a lot of data. Um, the business is just different. We focus on different products and services, um, but the processes, the, the people, processes, technology, all the same, all the same issues. Hmm. So that's interesting. So one other thing I noticed, um, so Dan, is that looking at uh, your LinkedIn profile again, you became a data steward in 2017, right? I was pleasantly surprised. And then <laughs> I was actually excited that, uh, a senior you know, executive decided to become a data steward because if it were happening in 2008 and nine, probably it would have been, I wouldn't have noticed it. 2017, after having uh, served many senior uh, roles, you decided to become a data steward because otherwise people think steward is somewhere low in the organization somewhere and it doesn't get enough respect. But what, what were you trying to do? Uh, were you trying to convey a message? Was it for your own personal experience that you want, don't, wanted to do? So if you could uh, you know, tell us you know, what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, I'm a student. I'm a data student. Uh, and I will be, you know, I will be uh, for as long as I'm in this industry. Uh, I learn something new all the time. Uh, and I think that playing these roles, whether it be a data engineer and a model or project manager, senior project manager, whatever that may be, program, you know, program manager, steward, it's, it's all about um, being able to, I think, still be a student, right? And still be, you know, humble enough to, to know that you you have experience, but you don't know everything. So, I, you know, for me, it's just I like to I like to learn. I like to uh, I like to, to to make sure that I'm armed with what you know what I can, so that I can use my experience and and be better, right? I mean, I think that's just that's just uh, my my approach. Um, I think when you're able to uh, speak to you know, all levels and, and try to understand your audience, 
and try to speak to them and not over them or at them. Um, I think there's there's a lot there's a lot you can get you, the, you know that's half the battle. Um, so you know becoming certainly um, and I think you're probably referencing a Calibra data stewardship you know little uh, yeah, I, I worked on the cert the certification. Yeah. It's like I said, it just being you know continuing to be a student as well um, and just adding to my own personal um, toolkit. Thank you. That was that was uh, very enlightening and uh, a surprise. I myself uh, went through a certification some time ago. Yeah. That that's great, Diane. I mean, certainly we hear that a lot from our um, guest speakers about oh having a always learning attitude uh, and mentality. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.